0: Hello, welcome to the Self-Learning Podcast by Dr. Shushma Singh. Let us start discussion on Chapter 8 Local Government and our topic is 73rd and 74th Amendments. In 1989, the central government introduced two constitutional amendments. These amendments aimed at strengthening local governments and ensuring an element of uniformity in their structure and functioning across the country. Later in 1992, the 73rd and 74th constitutional amendment were passed by the parliament. The 73rd amendment is about rural local governments which are also known as the Panchayati Raj institutions or PRIs. And the 74th Amendment made the provisions re- relating to the urban local bodies, Nagarpalikas. The 73rd and 74th Amendments came into force in 1993. We have noticed earlier that the local government is a state subject. States are free to make their own laws on this subject. But once the Constitution was amended, the states had to change their laws about local bodies in order to bring these in conformity with the amended Constitution. They were given one year's time for making necessary changes in their respective state laws in the light of these amendments now let us discuss 73rd amendment let us now examine the changes brought about by the 73rd amendment in panchayati raj institutions the first one is three tier structure all states now have a uniform three tier panchayati raj structure at the base is the gram panchayat a gram panchayat covers a village or group of villages. The intermediary level is a mandal also referred to as block or taluka. These bodies are called mandals or taluka panchayas. The intermediary level body need not be constituted in smaller states. At the apex is the Jhila Panchayat covering the entire rural area of the district. The amendment also made a provision for the mandatory creation of Gram Sabha. The Gram Sabha would comprise of all adult members registered as voters in the Panchayat area. Its role and functions are decided by state legislature. The second one is elections. All the three levels of raj institutions are elected directly by the people. The term of each Panchayat body is five years. If the state government dissolves the Panchayat before the end of its five-year terms, fresh elections must be held within the six months of such dissolution. This is an important provision that ensures the existence of elected local bodies. Before the 73rd amendment in many states there used to be indirect elections to the district bodies and there was no provision for immediate election after dissolution. The next one is reservations. One third of the position in all panchayat institutions are reserved for women. Reservations for dual caste and dual tribes are also provided for at all the three levels. In proportion to their population. If the states find it necessary, they can also provide for reservations for the backward castes, OBCs. It is important to note that these reservations apply not merely to ordinary members in panchayats, but also to the positions of chairpersons or adhyakshas at all the three levels. For the reservation of one third of the seats for women is not merely in general category of seats but also within the seats reserved for dual caste, dual tribe and backward caste. This means that a seat may be reserved simultaneously for a woman candidate and one belonging to the dual caste or dual tribes. Thus a Sarpanch would have to be a Dalit woman or an Adivasi woman. The next one is the transfer of subjects 29 subjects which were earlier in the state list of subjects are identified and listed in the 11th schedule of the constitution. These subjects are to be transferred to the Panchayati Raj institutions. These subjects were mostly linked to development and welfare functions at the local level. The actual transfer of these functions depends upon the state legislature, each state decides how many of these 29 subjects would be transferred to the local bodies. The provisions of the 73rd amendment were not made applicable to the areas inhabited by the Adivasi populations in many states of India. In 1996, a separate act was passed extending the provisions of the Panchayat system to these areas. Many Adivasi communities have their traditional customs of managing common resources, such as forest and small water reserves, etc. Therefore, the new act protected the rights of these communities to manage their resources in ways acceptable to them. For this purpose, more powers were given to Gram Sabha's of these areas, and elected village panchayats have to get the consent of the Gram Sabha in many respects. The idea behind this act is that local traditions of self government should be protected while introducing modern elected bodies. This is only consistent with the spirit of diversity and decentralization. The next is state election commissioners. The state government is required to appoint a state election commissioner who would be responsible for conducting elections to the Panchayati Raj institutions. Earlier, this task was performed by the state administration, which was under the control of the state government. Now, the office of the state election commissioner is autonomous like the election commissioner of India. However, the state election commissioner is an independent officer and is not linked to, nor is this office under the control of the election commission of India. The next one is State Finance Commission. The state government is also required to appoint a state finance commission once in five years. This commission would examine the financial position of local governments in the states. It would also review the distribution of revenues between the state and the local government on the one hand and between rural and urban local government on the other. This innovation ensures that allocation of funds to the rural local will not be a political matter. The next one is 74th Amendment. As we mentioned earlier, the 74th Amendment dealt with the urban local bodies or Nagarpalikas. What is an urban? area it is very easy to identify a big city like mumbai or kolkata but it is not so easy to say this about some very small urban areas that are somewhere between a village and a town the census of india defines an urban area as having a maximum minimum population of 5000 at least 75% of male working population engaged in non-agricultural occupations and a density of population of at least 400 percent per square kilometer. As per the 2001 census, nearly 28% of India's population lives in urban areas. In many ways, the 74th Amendment is a repetition of the 73rd Amendment except that it applies to urban areas. All the provisions of the 73rd Amendment relating to direct elections, reservation, transfer of subjects, state election commission and state finance commission are incorporated in the 74th Amendment also and thus apply to nagarpalikas the constitution also mandated the transfer of a list of functions from state government to the urban local bodies these functions have been listed in the 11th schedule of the constitution now, let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with a self-learning podcast.